Hi, everybody. This is Richard Carafel from Agility, and welcome to PR Profiles, a podcast and video series where we chat with experts in the PR and communications industry, because we think PR is the most formidable, dynamic, and rewarding field there is. And we wanted to introduce you to some of our favorite powerhouses in the industry. And today, we're speaking with Brooke Gabbert, the Director of Communications at Study.com. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, first of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and study.com. Yeah, sure. So I have two decades of in-house PR counsel supporting all things PR as an in-house person generally does. Um, my time at um, Six Flags involved roller coaster openings and a lot of crisis comms to um, when I moved to Home Advisor in tech, it was IPOs and acquisitions. I've, I've most recently transitioned into ed tech um, and I've worked for a startup for, for a while and now I'm at study.com where we support 30 million learners a month in achieving their academic goals. All right, thank you. That's a very well-rounded background. Uh, I'm sure you picked up a lot of things along the way from all of those things. So, uh, all right, Thanks. we're just gonna jump right in here. So let me ask you this. So in a previous interview for uh, Business Radio X, uh, you said study.com has a startup, mental, uh, startup mentality uh, despite not really being one. So how is that mentality reflected in your communication strategy and PR activities? Yeah, so um, I am the, the communications and PR is fairly new at study.com. Even though we've been around several decades, they've been very focused on building a great learning platform and not necessarily focused on the marketing branding aspects. So during COVID, um, we really invested in that and I was brought on. And what I found the experience to be is a lot of opportunity to innovate and be creative. Um, building a program from the ground up, you know, you get to throw a lot on the wall and see what sticks and then, you know, iterate on that um, or not if it didn't, if it didn't stick. Um, and I think, you know, having the season perspective that, that I do, I, I can see where the company needs that, that support to scale. We, you know, prior to COVID, all employee communications were done in office. We were a very in office team. And now about a third of us um, don't live in, in uh, Mountain View in the office. And so there was a need to supplement how we did all hands communications. And so being able to kind of see that down the road and, and make suggestions and, and come up with um, opportunities and solutions for the team has been um, really exciting. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's, it's nice to hear that companies like study.com, you know, are realizing that, uh, you know, PR marketing is an important part of their, their uh, strategic process overall uh, and are incorporating it more. So that's wonderful. Thank you. All right. Now, over your career, uh, like you said, you moved from theme parks to home improvement websites to education. Now, what changes in your approach to PR and communications when moving to a new industry with a new audience uh, have changed and, and what stays the same? You know, not, you know, it's, it's always hard to get up to speed on a new industry. You have to be a sponge, right? And learn all the new reporters and the new terms and the trends. And I find that that takes a good six months to a year to really integrate yourself. But beyond that, the tenets of PR and media relations remain the same. And I was really reminded of that last week. I was at a conference in DC. It was a higher education media conference. Um, reporters from the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, New York Times, USA Today. And over and over again, you heard the same comments, which I think apply no matter what your industry. And, and those, they're basically the, the, you know, the, the tenants are, 
research. Don't pitch me what I don't cover, right? So I think, you know, that applies whether you're pitching a home improvement reporter or you're pitching a, um, ed an education writer. Um, they said, be consistent, which in PR, we know we, we we're always, you know, feeling like we're, we're, we're stalking, but they couldn't iterate enough how busy they are and how much they appreciate if we have a good resource for them and we have a good targeted pitch that we are persistent with them. So I think those tenants apply across industries and just being able to um, get to know the reporters is probably the biggest hurdle. But once you do that, once you have your playbook, it's pretty easy to implement. Yeah, there you go. That's very well said. Thanks. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, uh, the situation changes. Uh, the situation remains the same, but only the names have changed, right? Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> all right. Good, good. <laughs> Okay, now in PR, we often focus on external communications and the role it plays in telling a brand's story, building authority and credibility. Uh, but how and where does internal communications fit into building a brand's story and credibility? Yeah, I am so excited about internal communications right now for PR folks. I, I think it's um, a big opportunity um, caused by a couple things. I think one, the remote office, the hybrid gives um, it, communications an opportunity to really show how we can communicate effectively across um, employee groups and mobilize employees, even though we're not all in the same space. Um, I think it's really important to consider your employees as stakeholders and not you know, really understand what their needs are. I think employees are demanding more of, of companies now when it comes to communication, when it comes to what they're doing in the community. And so really exciting time. And I think PR folks are in a unique position to elevate that for companies. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so true. That's a challenging time for internal communicators. Uh, things are converging such as, you know, the remote uh, and hybrid workplace that's going on, as well as all the diversity and inclusion uh, talk within companies and several other factors. So, uh, you know, the increases or, or boosts the need for internal commerce, but certainly increases the challenges. Uh, all right, thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, we've had a lot of agency pros on our show uh, share their perspectives on building client relationships and setting expectations. Now, what is it like from the other side? as an in-house department uh, working with an agency. Sure, yeah, so I've worked with a lot of agencies. I've worked with the um, high-end, you know, New York City agency to the small boutique, small town, you know, two to three publicist agency. And what I found the key to success as, a, as, an in, as driving their work in-house is to be really focused and, and make sure that they have all of the tools they need for that one goal or two goals or three goals that you've given them. But I feel like it's really hard for a PR agency to come in and, and you hand them, you know, everything, the whole platter. And you're like, go do something with this. Um, I, I find that that is, is it, as you're not in-house, you don't have all the advantage of knowing some of the nuances. You don't see the day-to-days, right? And so giving a focus project um, to an agency, I found really success for that with that. For example, um, we currently work with the Abbey Agency, and we brought them on a year ago to help us elevate, create and elevate a social impact program that we were doing. And we knew we wanted it to be around the teacher um, pipeline, teacher certification. We have a, a study.com has teacher test prep as part of our offerings. And so we have a really good teacher test prep. We know people use it and pass it. We wanted to get it out there um, and help with an issue that is systemic across the nation where teaching testing barriers are creating um, problems for teachers getting into the classroom. 
So we worked with the Abbey Agency to concept it and launch it there in Nevada and has just been, we've gotten over a hundred articles um, since we've launched it. And I think it's just been a focus of, it was a really great idea. We've hit a really sweet spot. We've got a, a great internal partnership team building the partners that we're working with, departments of education, districts. Um, but it was the Abbey Agency and, the, and that focused work on, here's our, here's our goals. Here's where we want to be, right? We want to hit these media verticals. We want to hit these journalists and we want to get this level of thought leadership around one, this issue or this um, initiative. And I find that that's a real successful way to work with agencies. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I must say, I think you're in good hands there because uh, uh, we're good friends with Abby Whitaker and her, uh, her colleagues at the Abby Agency, and they do great work over there. Uh, so wonderful. Well, that's a great, uh, great example. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, all right. Now, let me ask you this. What's, what's the best thing about being in PR? Mm. You know, I've had a really fun career. Um, I, as I was thinking about this question, I was reflecting back on all of the neat opportunities I've had to have gotten to do. Um, you know, it's it's been very versatile. I, I got to be on the NASDAQ floor ringing in the bell for um, when HomeAdvisor went public. I've been um, on the Today Show green room when Greg Luganis was back there waiting to, you know, talk about um, marriage, uh, gay marriage being legalized. I've had um, opportunities last week in DC in front of, you know, esteemed journalists and we got to go sit at the Washington Post offices and hear a panel from um, uh, senior editors and, and talk with them afterwards about what's going on in their newsroom. And so it just, it's been really um, fun and exciting at, at Six Flags. I got to, you know, figure out how to mount a roller uh, camera on a roller coaster for media day when we were opening roller coasters, you know, or the crisis comms. Um, all of that sort of is about, has been, um, you know, a, a good rounding out of my career, but it's all been so much fun. Right, right, right. That's a, yeah, that's interesting. Working for a place like Six Flags must be unique uh, with, with the challenges and the opportunities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. It's, it's uh, very neat, very on neat. the ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, now, okay, now what is a common myth about PR that you'd like to debunk? Yeah, you know, I think, and, and I think if I was, the common myth that I, if I was going to debunk would be more towards people who hire PR folks, like it's executives or companies, just to understand that not everything is PR worthy. And yes, you might have a great story, you might have a, um, you know, an amazing um, product, but it might not be PR worthy at that moment, and you might not be hitting the right messaging or the right audiences, right? And so I've had, um, I, I, I've worked for a company once and, and the founder came in and said, why aren't I on the cover of Forbes? <laughs> well, I think we've all right. probably PR have those kind of moments in our career, right? Sure. Um, and 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 as I was thinking about this question, I thought, you know, it's it's really sort of the the myth is not everything. And and I used to think everything could have a sprinkle of PR dust on it and become newsworthy. But I've learned that it's not everything's PR worthy. And I think as a PR professional, really having that discernment um, to know when to push and when to say, hey, this is a blog post, or hey, this is more of an internal newsletter. Um, that's I think really kind of the, the myth that I would like to bust. Yeah, that's very good. Very well said too. And uh, yeah, we've had some uh, commentary about the difference between uh, newsworthy and noteworthy, you know, uh, items, you know, everything okay. maybe maybe warrants some visibility or mention at some point, but some things are better left to the trades, I guess. That yep. is a good way to say it. You know, uh, if it's not something that's going to interest 
you know, people in the industry, particularly, if not everyone. Uh, so, all right, thank you. That is a good myth uh, that needs to be debunked. All right, thank you. Now, um, now what has been, uh, <clears throat> this is kind of a bittersweet question, but what has been your biggest failure and what were the lessons you learned? Um, you know, there's been a lot of time, not a lot of times, a couple times I can remember where I've put my foot in my mouth. And that's been a process of me being either too aggressive or not following like the approval process or just really not taking a step back to think through what am I, you know, either, you know, sharing with this reporter or um, how or, or you know, um, maybe you know, that that's sort of the, the you know, not really being as thoughtful in an approach as you should be, which has backfired um, for me. And I think what I've learned is take the time, um, respect the process, respect the approvals. Um, you, you don't have to, you know, I think I felt as a young PR professional, really aggressive in getting the story. You've got to get the story, right? And like at all costs. Um, and, and the costs actually come back on you as the PR person. And so I think I've really learned to have that, you know, that, that slow down, that step back, that, hey, like we can sit on this. If the news cycle runs on without us, it does. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not gonna, you know, put ourselves at risk. Yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah, it certainly can be a kind of a trial by fire experience, can it? Uh, yes. uh, when, you're, when you're breaking into the industry and, uh, and developing relationships with reporters. Uh, great, okay, now how about this? Uh, I guess this is a good segue for this. What advice would you give students or people that are just starting out in PR? I think the biggest thing that I am thinking a lot about right now for PR folks and, and especially coming into the profession is you should learn and promote digital literacy. Um, it is one of the most important issues right now, not only to PR, but to democracy and, and really understanding how to be digitally literate and what it constitutes fake news and being able to have those conversations with your friends and your family or your colleagues, um, being educated on how to have those conversations. Um, there's a lot of great courses. I know PRSA is offering one. I know there's some um, universities that are that have digital literacy courses, but I think that's just something that, you know, um, I've seen some online ones, just really we're in a unique position um, as PR people to really have that um, forefront and to be a champion for it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that is fantastic advice. Uh, digital literacy is so important and it's so easy to get confused or lost, you know, in the millions of uh, messages that go out uh, these days uh, about what's true and what's not true. So uh, being able to see through that is so important. All right, wonderful. Okay, now finally, uh, Brooke, how can people connect with you? Sure, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn or email me um, bgabbert at study.com. And um, if you Google me, you'll find me somewhere, probably. Okay. Most, most people in PR, I've been a spokesperson enough that you'll, you'll be able to find me, but most likely LinkedIn. Okay, there you go. Thank you. All right. Okay, everybody, that's all the time we have. And again, we've been chatting with Brooke Gabbert, the Director of Communications at Study.com. So thanks for joining us today, Brooke. It's been great having you. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PR Profiles brought to you by Agility. Uh, before you go, have you thought about your media monitoring needs for next year, especially social media monitoring? Because we'd love to give you a free demo of Agility Social Listening so you can ring in the new year with in-depth insights on the social conversations that are happening around your brand. So visit agilitypr.com today to learn more about social listening and sign up for a demo. 
All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. I'm Richard Carafel with Agility PR Solutions, and we'll see you on the next episode.